Welcome to Mastering Life's Adventures, an educational podcast about tapping into your true self, the soul, your soul, the substance of your life, to discover what life's ups and downs are really about, and how to have a greater sense of purpose, peace, joy, and fulfillment. I am Dr. Judith Holder, your host, coach psychologist, fellow seeker who enjoys diving into the connections between spirituality, psychology, wellness, and your everyday life's adventures. All preparing and polishing you like the fastest of magnificent diamond to be your best self. If you're craving more from your life, you are in the right place. Come, let's journey together and transforming what you know into who you really are. Mastering Life's Adventures begins now. We're back to talk about this next phase of proto life as you're moving into book three and this soul evolution and how, you know, we can go on different paths in some ways and his friends around him are going on different paths as well. But for Frodo, you know, he's getting to the point and where we left off was he was kind of feeling the weight of this ring of this mission that he had. And I'd like you to take it from there. Well, Frodo realizes that he's 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 doing this mission, but he realizes that it's changing him. And he has a best friend, which is Sam. And um, the other two have, have gone all, off on their own mission. Now it's just two. It's just Sam and Frodo. And, and Sam is helping Frodo to accomplish this. Sam, has talk, a little bit about Sam. This is the Sam is, is is Frodo's best friend. Mm-hmm. He was charged by Gandalf mm-hmm. to protect Frodo, never to leave him. Okay, stick with him no matter what. Be there mm-hmm. because Gandalf knows that Frodo's going to need assistance. So Sam tells him. I will. I promise to do this. I will stay with him. Okay. Sam travels. Sam and Frodo are getting along really, really great. They're enjoying each other in the book, first book. They're moving forward. I mean, the four of them are having a good time. But then they realize because none of them have ever been out of the Shire. Mm-hmm. And the further away they get from the Shire, it's like, where are we going? And this is getting a little scary. They don't know, and they they're becoming homesick. They they're they're missing their home because the outside world is so different from what they know. Now, Frodo and Sam and the two others are hobbits. They're only what three foot tall. Mm-hmm. Okay, everything else around them is huge mm-hmm. compared to their height. Mm-hmm. So when you're always looking up at everything, <laughs> you don't know. And you can't see over the next hill or over the 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 next rise because it's taller than you. Mm-hmm. So you gotta climb that rise to see who's on the other side, mm-hmm. which made it very difficult for them to keep moving. But they had to, mm-hmm. and basically the three of them kept moving and getting to where they needs to be. Book two, they kind of separate. Because the four become nine, okay, which is in the first book, the fellowship of the race. They become nine. You have a dwarf, you have an elf, you have a human, and then you also have the four of them. 
And then you had one other. I'd show you had two humans. So in, it becomes nine. And they're making their way through the woods because the others, they're, they're tall, so they can help them to get over the rise and over the hills and over the mountains and, and find other ways. Because they're so small, they don't know that they can go left instead of right. Mm -hmm. Which makes it really, really nice. Until they decide to take a journey through the dwarfs' homeland. Now, the dwarfs are saying, you can go, we can go underground. We don't have to go overground. We can go underground because that's where I live. Everybody knows that's the way the, 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 the dwarfs are the best. We can, we have beautiful, you can, you know, they'll welcome us with open arms. They know uh, how to treat guests and they will help us to get through. Instead of going over the mountain, we can go through the mountain. So they decide to do that. But when they get inside of the gnome's home or the dwarf's home, it's not what he said it was. It's actually destroyed because the ring hears all, knows all, and knows where they're going. Mm -hmm. So the darkness has already gotten. Mm -hmm. So um, you have the the darkness that so now they have to still they can't go back. They gotta go forward. So they have to go through the dwarves territory to get to the other side, which it makes it very, very rough. And there's a demon in there that they didn't know about. So they're trying to hurry as quickly as possible. And again, it's like, we gotta be quiet, we gotta be quiet. We can't wake up anything up, we gotta be quiet. But again, the human side, which is one who likes to heal a lot, the, um, is curious. So he goes around looking at everything. Nobody's touching it. Except for the human. I mean, the he's a he's a he's a hobbit, but the, he represents the human side. Uh, when you're talking about the physical people, no, physical. Sorry, uh -huh. yes, physical uh -huh. side. And he's curious, so he sees a sword that is attached to a hand that he wants to look in and become more aware. Of. Now, the thing is, you don't touch it. But he doesn't listen when he touches. So when he touches something, it falls down the well, clankering, making a lot of noise, and wakes up a demon. So now they have to get through the other side very quickly. How do we do this? How do we get there? Because now you have the orchids or orcs that are after them. And they're running, and the and the place is crumbling as they're moving through. What I'm trying to say is, is this is where, where the soul I feel, is part of the dark night and soul in the sense that it's trying to get through that that darkness and cutting through. And Gandalf with his staff is their light, and they get to a point where as the demon now shows up, comes up up out of the ground and everybody looks at because it's as tall as they are. It's like, oh my gosh, what the heck? And how do we get around this thing? Gandalf and his staff says, 
run. Run as fast as you can. To the demon, he says, thus far, you know, you shall not pass. Talking to the demon. Mm -hmm. You shall not pass. And he throws his staff down and stops the demon in his tracks. But it also cracks where he stands. So Frodo is now seeing his mentor or his uh, uh, shield. Fault. She, uh, uh, in terms of his guardian. His he, guardian. Yes, his guardian is a fault. Mm -hmm. He doesn't, Frodo doesn't know what to do. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I do this? He's sure, I mean, Gandalf is the one who's telling me how to do this. Now he has, now Frodo has to rely on himself how to do this. So that reminds me when you're talking about that, it's, it's bringing up the notion that at some point in time, based upon decisions that people are making around you, impacts you. Um, but also in terms of that friend touching the, the sword or whatever and making the clankering noise, um, but also obedience, you mm -hmm. know, to what is being requested of you to be able to do. And that we all have things that we know we're more obedient about and other things that we may be less obedient about. And we have to have that soul attunement to have a sense of that. But also you're talking about that sometimes even those that are spiritually or are physically helping us, you know, we are have to do it on our own for a period of time until another door opens up to bring them back or bring someone else back into our lives to continue to support us as we're moving on our spiritual path. So basically, that's book one and book two, book three, uh, Frodo. Yeah, but you you were talking about what happened to Frodo. So Frodo got Frodo, uh, Frodo Gandalf, it, Gandalf falls, falls, and then Frodo, the other the other the others picked Frodo up. The human, um, which is also a protector, picks Frodo up and literally kind of runs with him and helps him to get out and through to the other side. Okay, so it's like the passing of a baton in some ways from yeah. Gandalf. What happened unexpectedly happened to him. Then there was someone else, which is the human, which is two, um, showed up yeah. and, uh, to help him to move into this unknown world that he has to navigate through yes. to kind of move to the other side. And to keep him moving, because now at this point, Frodo wants to give up. And he says, you can't give up. we got to keep going. Yeah, okay, we can't we can't stay here. We can't sit here. I know you're grieving, but you got to get up. we got to move. Mm -hmm. And he gets him up and he gets him going. Okay, and by doing that, but then he also loses the human because the human has to now fight the orcs because the orcs are now aware and they're coming after them. So Frodo decides he can't rely on anyone else. He has to do this on his own. So he pushes off and he starts off on his own. And where's Sam? Sam. Sam is on the shoreline and Frodo's in the boat. And says, Frodo, no, you can't leave me. I promised Gandalf I would not leave you. Don't make me break my promise. Now, Sam is walking in the water. Sam can't swim. Oh. Okay, but he's going after Frodo and saying, I'm coming. Don't leave me. I'm coming. To the point where Frodo literally has to duck and pull him out of the water because Sam was not staying on the shore. 
sometimes shows you the fervor when a person makes a commitment, you know, and that there's individuals that may be within our lives. And think about it for yourselves, um, those listening now, of those people who have made a commitment to support and help us in the best way that we can as we're trying to move forward with whatever our mission is moving on because they really want to help. And who are those people in our lives that have been consistently there for us that we really need to give praise and appreciation to? Um, because that is, that's part of their mission in some ways. Sam's mission was making sure he was supportive character or, or um, uh, uh, playing a supporting role in his mission in terms of Fogo. Yes. Right. Yes. So then they got on the boat. So they got to go to see him on the boat. Yeah. So they're on the, to the other side and they all they're off to to get this ring back to where it was forged. And that's the end of the two or three, basically, is Sam trying to make sure that Brodo has the energy and the strength to get to keep moving. But you could see Brodo slowing down, slowing down, slowing down. And he gets when he gets to the mouth. Gets to where the mountain is. The said. mountain mm-hmm. where the force and ring. Frodo says, "I I can't I can't do it. I just I can't because they have to climb. They have to climb a long way, and they're like I said, they're very tiny. They're very small. Yeah, hobbits. And it's like I'm so tired. I can't do this. I can't do this. And Sam says, "I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you." Mm-hmm. And he picks Frodo up and carries him up the mountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's how Frodo gets to the point of carrying or getting assistance to achieve that that goal. Mm-hmm. But then when he gets there, he's up the mountain. He's up the mountain. Mm-hmm. He's over. He's over the volcano. He pulls the pot, the ring out of his pocket, and so. Uh, Sam is behind him, and all Frodo had to do was drop the ring. And Sam was saying, "Frodo, just drop it, just drop it, just drop it." And then that's when Frodo makes the decision: No, it's mine. It's my precious. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it. Okay. After all of that, he doesn't want to do it. So when he gets more more fatigued, tired, <clears throat> it ends up that um, it takes more and more over him because he can't defend himself, which sometimes is the issue around the soul too. Mm-hmm. It gets tired and we have to protect our soul and encourage him. That was what Sam was doing is encouraging him, you know, taking him up the mountain and then saying, let it go, let it yeah, go. Let the burden go. That, you're right, let it go. And, but the other thought that I had when you were saying that was one around this magnetic energy that happens with the darkness. It, like It's like, uh, a magnet and filings, you know, it kind of gets stronger and stronger and the, and the filings go to that magnet and holds on to it. And that we uh, have to be aware of, yes, this is not like the queen, the elf queen did. She was aware, no, this is not me. Mm-hmm. This is not me. And I choose not to accept it. And what she said, she said in the end, I passed my test. Mm-hmm. I passed my initiation. And we all have initiations and tests that are given to us on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly, decade basis that are happening to us. And they're always asking us, are you past the test? 
we will give you more light if you're passing that test. And that's what the soul is. And the soul wants to get back to the source of this mighty I am presence or the Atman or whatever you want to call that source. We always want to get back to that because that is our sense of completeness and wholeness. But this is a story of what happens to many souls, all, you know, our souls in some ways based upon the choices that we make and the possessiveness because what this darkness put on him was a possessiveness of desire of this would make me powerful or this will give me something. Fill in the blank. Right? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. But there's another character that actually saves both souls. And, and, and that was that was Spiegel because Spiegel is the one who had the ring before uh, Frodo's uncle. Spiegel at one point was a hobbit. Uh, the, he had the ring for so long that he literally, it literally changed him. But he's been following Frodo through this whole scenario to the point that um, uh, Frodo was seeing himself in Spiegel and Sam telling him, don't trust him, don't trust him because he wants the ring, don't trust him. But uh, Frodo ends up trusting Spiegel and bypassing Sam. What how that happen? What do you think that relates to them? Because so Sam Sam is Frodo's conscience also. Okay, Spiegel is already flipped to the dark side, mm-hmm. and Spiegel and his inordinate desires. His inordinate desires. So there's two parts of Spiegel. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's how the ring has has changed it. It splits Spiegel. Mm-hmm. You have the human side. And you have the dark side, and they're constantly talking to each other. And the the dark side of people is saying, "I got you know I'm the one who's protected you, and you know this belongs to us, and this ours, and 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 they stole it from us, and this and that whatever." And and uh, you can't trust Frodo. You got to get the ring back. You got to get the ring back. You got to get the ring. Back. And Spiegel is doing everything that he can to get the ring back, but Frodo doesn't give it up. So until Frodo gets to the edge of the of the mountain where he's supposed to drop it in, and he's holding it out, that's when Spiegel jumps on him, and literally bites his finger off to take the ring off. But Spiegel, along with the ring, ends up in the in in the volcano. Mm. So um, that darkness, Spiegel is gone, but the darkness of the ring is gone. Now Frodo is released. But the phone was exhausted. Mm-hmm. Okay, his 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 soul has, has been he's depleted. Mm-hmm. He's really depleted. Mm-hmm. And here come the the eagles that take, uh, which I I see them as angels that pick up both Frodo because they the the when when they drop the ring in, mm-hmm. everything starts to blow up around them and they think they're going to die. And I think the eagles come and pick them up. Mm-hmm. And their talents because they're so tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see them as angels mm-hmm. that are carrying them back through all the mayhem mm-hmm. back to the other side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it comes to the end of the third book is that the, now the elves must leave. The, they're passing the torch on to the humans. And Why the elves have to leave? Because it's their time. The, the Middle Earth is changing. And it's their time. They only stay for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and, and they're changing. So, um, they, 
as they're leaving, they look at at at, at Frodo, and Frodo's looking at his friends, and they're saying, you know, what's going on? Frodo says, I must leave. I can't stay. Because basically his soul is so depleted that he has to go with the elves to rejuvenate. Mm. And the elves are the ones who rejuvenate help to rejuvenate. And then he bet basically the he needs to be re-energized. His soul needs to be re-energized because that ring took out all, almost all the goodness out. Mm. But the goodness of 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 the fact that he got he accomplished his mission, I think gave him a dispensation to be allowed to go with the elves. Yeah, that's really powerful. Um because we give it our all. And in the process of giving our all, it may affect us in terms of our soul development. And we may feel like, you know, we're 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 almost done. We we're over spent, you know, so to speak. And in that spentness is because we did our best, then God does the rest. Yes, exactly. And God and God did the rest by having these eagles, which are guardians or um, what was the word you used? Uh, angels. angels. Uh, and to be able to take them and then move them into a healing phase because the soul can be rejuvenated because it did its best and, and fulfilled its mission. So it has that capacity now to rejuvenate itself. And God gives that grace, you know, to the soul to continue to evolve and grow. But there was something you said too before that I thought was really fascinating, that what depleted the soul was this battle between the human and the darkness. And this dialogue that you were talking about going on between the human and the darkness and each taking a piece of the energy of that soul, you know, so to speak, and making it now depleted because it's in the middle having to, you know, and a, and, a, and someone has to defend that soul. And Gandalf was doing it in some ways before. And, and even Sam was doing it and helping. But at some point, too, the soul has to do it for themselves and garner that strength. And have to really take dominion or have mastery over this human and darkness, you know, and we've got to be able to make right choices and say, no, I'm not going to choose the human. No, I'm going to choose the darkness. I'm going to choose the mission. And I'm going to choose what's best for soul, my soul evolution. And even if that depletes me, we don't realize God's right has our back and, and having our back. We have now because we completed that mission the next level that we weren't even aware of. It's like the trampoline I was talking about in one of the episodes. You know, we have the trampoline and we're bouncing and we realize we go to the upper level and we realize there's something else that God wants for us. Or it's like the cork, the being the cork in water, you know, that we we have to just float because we just don't have any more energy. But then, you know, we have this next stage in which God is there to help us to take the cork, put it to the shore, and then help it to move forward with the angels or our other individuals that heal, support, and guide us. That's really powerful. Yes. So is there any yes. last words you want to say as we went in this episode? I would recommend this movie to those who have not seen it. And even if you have seen it, see it again, but see it with fresh eyes. Mm. Because Tolkien has um, a lot of keys and a lot of knowledge in that movie. Yes, it's kind of hard to watch sometimes, but if you look and listen and bypass the visual, you'll see what he has to say and how profound it is. 
and then how it's connected to the soul. Mm -hmm. And we only just talked about a little bit, I mean, talked about token, excuse me, about uh, photo, but we didn't even talk about Sam and his great capacity to be that supporting. I mean, we talked a little bit about in this segment being that supporting uh, element to us. And it, it's really, you know, as you've been sharing it with me, because I've seen segments of this and I thought it'd be great to have, you know, to talk a little bit about, about soul evolutions. And I really thank you for coming on and, you know, giving kind of your perspective about this as we're continuing to evolve and think about what this relates to, to our soul. And how do we have different situations in our life that are draining us or helping us or a kind of uh, neutral? Not doing either, you know, grain or helping us, but we need, need to be more observant and more aware that every experience that comes our way is trying to teach us something. You know, every experience that's coming our way is helping us to know that there's some choices that we have to make. And the beautiful thing about it all is, is that we can always improve. You know, that we didn't do it right. No, we didn't feel like we did it right the first time or the second time or the third time. But we all have the fourth, fifth, and sixth time to continue to evolve and grow because that's what we're on this planet to do. So thank you. We're, we're in uh, at this um, point in time. Take care. Thank you for joining me for this episode on Mastering Life's Adventures, Being Your Best Self Through Soul Evolution. If you have enjoyed what you've heard today, I would be delighted if you would share this episode with others. Leave a thumbs up and subscribe to my Master in Life's Adventures podcast. Look forward to your joining the next episode. Please leave any comments or suggestions you might have below. Bye for now.